Yeah, God is good. Hallelujah. Ooh, the handoff. Mm, hallelujah. Um, how about we all just stand to our feet for a second? Mm. And uh, what I want us to do right now is I want us to just, uh, before, I, before I say another word, I want us to just uh, worship God in this place. Um, Brian and Sunday Swimmy led a song of worship, and everyone knows the words to this song because the title of the song is the words to the song. And uh, it was funny that he led that song because that's, that's kind of what I'm preaching on today. So I just want us to just kind of go to that place really quick. And so I want us to just sing together, God is good. And I just want us to worship him in this place. When you worship God, oh, when you worship him, it moves his heart. It moves his heart. And it moves his heart to come and to, to rest with us, to inhabit and inhabit this place and establish himself in a place. So let's just worship him. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. One more time. God is good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. He's so good to me. Everyone just raise your hands to the sky as I pray for the message and pray for this time. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for your love, Lord God. We thank you, Father, that you, Lord God, are a God who, who loves us, Father God, and you are so good to us, Father God. And Lord God, we thank you, Father, that you have called each one of us, Lord God, to come into your house today, Father God, and to receive from you, Lord God, to come before you in your presence, Father. We thank you, Father, that in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand, Lord, are pleasures forevermore, God. And Father, as we come before you, Lord, we do so unashamed, God, for Father, you are worthy, and you are worth it, God. And so, Lord God, we thank you, Father. I pray, Lord God, upon Lord this message today Father I pray upon each and every person in this room today God I pray Father that you would give them eyes to see ears to hear and a mind to conceive Lord God the word that you have prepared for them today God I pray that every distraction Father be loosened off every hindering spirit every interfering spirit being loosened off of them in the name of Jesus and God I pray that Lord you would anoint my mouth as I preach your word God that it would go out with joy it would go out with anointing God it would go out, Father, to do your work, Lord God, 30, 60, 100 fold unto your glory, Lord. Oh, Father, thank you for the work you're doing in Itaewon, God. Thank you so much for the work you're doing in Itaewon, Lord. We come to you with a sacrifice of thanksgiving, God, for you are so good, Lord. And we thank you so much, God, for what you have for us today. And in Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen. You guys can take your seats. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Oh, and all the time? Oh, let's try that one more time. God is good? And all the time? All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. I want everyone to open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 52. Isaiah 
want you to turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 52 and we're going to read one, one verse. It's going to be verse 7. I'm going to read it out for us. You can look at it in your Bible or up on the screen. How beautiful, how beautiful, beautiful, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Amen. The word that the Lord has for you guys today is about good news. Good news. How many of you guys like good news? Five of you. <laughs> Brian, can you help me out? Can you, can you raise this for me? The word that I feel like the Lord has for us today is that God is restoring good news to the church. The title of this message today is Bad News Bears. Because <laughs> God's been speaking to me. He spoke to me about two weeks ago, uh, before I even knew I was preaching today. And he, he just began speaking to me about good and bad news. And he was saying to me, Marcus... You know what? The church needs some good news. The church needs some good news. Amen. You know what? Because we are so used to bad news. We love some bad news, don't we? How many of you guys, you know, we love bad news. You go on BBC, you know, you go on BBC, CBS, SBS, KBS, whatever they're called. And it's a whole lot of B. Okay. And I'm sorry. You go on all these news channels. And what do you see? You see a whole bunch of bad news, right? All of us, bad news. Oh, a train is wrecked here. A bomb has went off here. They've got this epidemic here, this earthquake here. You know, we can, each one of us, I can ask you what's going on in the world today. And probably what you would tell me is a whole lot of bad news. Whole lot of bad news. We are so used to bad news. You know, I just stopped even like looking at secular news. And I probably like, I should probably not even, well, secular news, just news in general. I just stopped looking at the news. Because all of it's just bad news. Like every time I go on there, everything is just like so depressing. Like, you know, everything is just so depressing. Like, it's just like you read it. And by the time you, you click off, I just like, I don't even look at it anymore. I just go like straight to ESPN. I just go like straight to Facebook. But then I get to Facebook. And you know what? Facebook is just a whole bunch of bad news. The news feed, right? The news feed is like the most addicting thing in like the world like me and my brother diddy is a david king is a brother who goes to uh the hillside service and we're accountability partners and we're sitting there and we're talking about okay we need to hold each other accountable you need to hold we need to hold each other accountable it's like well what's one thing we need to hold each other accountable to it's like facebook <laughs> and like so we're like okay we're just going to do a Facebook fast. We're not going to look at Facebook. We're not, we don't need Facebook. All we need is a whole bunch of Jesus. We don't need Facebook. We failed it the first day. Don't judge me. You know, and so we're like, okay, we'll, we'll just only Facebook between like the hours of like 12 and 1. So if you see me on Facebook on my phone or something, you know, don't rebuke me. Just... Just tap me on the shoulder. But Facebook, like even Facebook is like the king of like bad news, right? Because we go on there and all it is is just a whole bunch of bad news. Everyone, like your first post that you put up on your news feed is what something bad that's happened to you today. You know, I hate my boss. I hate my job. My family, they're getting on my nerves. You know, it's just bad news after bad news after bad news after bad news. 
And we're all so used to bad news. We even gravitate towards bad news. That's why they have so much bad news on the news today, right? Because it gets all the ratings. We love some bad news. We love bad news so much that we hate good news. You know, like, I think there's this girl that in, in high school. Her name, was, her name was Kathleen Thor. I love Kathleen. She's awesome. She's a Christian, Christian sister. You know, I wasn't Christian in high school, so, you know, but I became Christian later and everything. And so, but Kathleen was always, like, so happy. Like, she was, like, so happy, like, all the time. Like, I walk up to her, I see her. Hey, what's up, Kathleen? Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Everything's great. How are you doing? Oh, everything's just joyous. I love everything. All right, Kathleen. You know, like, I see Kathleen. Kathleen's always so happy. And I always thought, you know, something's wrong with Kathleen. Like, why is she so happy all the time? You know those, like, people that are, like, so happy all the time that it, like, gets on your nerves? Like, why are they so happy? Like, every time you ask them how they're doing, I'm doing fantastic. Everything in my life is great. Everything is fantastic. What about you? Shut up. everything's great my life is just a whole bunch of bad news and that's that's how we are right we gravitate to bad news we live our lives according to bad news right we go from it's not that we go from victory to victory or from glory to glory we go from like bad news to bad news like you got this bad news that happens you get over it and then before you know it's like i'm going through something else again And we're just so used to bad news. You know, we're used to it. You know, when bad news, when bad things happen to you, are you surprised? Do any of us act like we're shocked when we hear about something bad? Are any of us shocked by the fact that that bad stuff happens to us? No, it's like. uh, Here we go again. Oh, I I failed my test. Here we go again. I'm broke. Here we go again. Oh, my family, they're giving me trouble again. Everything's just bad again and again and again. And good news, like when we do get good news, it's like we won the Super Bowl, right? It's like everything's just bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And then one good thing happens. We're like, yes. I didn't fail my test. Like, I'm a, I'm a seminary student, right? So, like, I'm taking, like, Hebrew and Greek. And so it's, like, bad news all the time. Like, I got to study Hebrew. I got to study Greek. Got to take this exam, which I'm probably not going to pass again. And then, like, I pass, like, one of them. And I'm, like, doing cartwheels, right? Yes, I passed the exam. Yes, fantastic. Or, like, I check my bank account, and there's more money than I thought was going to be. And like, you know, you want to run down the street, like you run down the street with no clothes on. You see, like you got you got money in the bank that you didn't think was there. Right. Because we just expect bad things to happen. We expect bad things to happen so much that we don't live our lives according to good news. We don't live our our lives according to good things. We don't go. You know, I felt the Lord was speaking to me this week that a paradigm shift needs to happen in the church. That a shift needs to happen in our minds to where we don't expect bad things to happen. We don't expect bad news. We expect good news. And we expect good news so much that when bad things happen, it's actually surprising. That when you pray for someone and you don't see them get healed, it's surprising. You know, when you are contending and contending for breakthrough in a thing and it doesn't happen, man, that's surprising. 
That we, got, we need to have a paradigm shift to where we expect good news. We expect the good things. You know, even in, even in salvation, you know, the word for good news, it also, the, gospel, the word gospel in the Greek, it means good news. And even in salvation, you know, we receive it with good news in the beginning, right? It's like you can always like tell like you go to a church and you can always tell like who the new Christians are because like they were in the back at first until that altar call. And then all of a sudden they're in the front row and they're jumping around. Jesus is awesome. Yes, Jesus. I love some Jesus. Yes, I love you, Lord. And then like they hit a trial and all of a sudden, man, I knew, I knew, man, this Christian thing, man, this Christian thing so hard. Man, this Christian, I knew it. I thought it was going to just completely transform me. And there we go again. Thought it was going to fix all my problems. There we go again. You know, I knew it. I knew it. Like you go to a church and like the church is different. So you're like, yes, this church is different. It's cool. It's awesome. It's good. And then like you go like one sermon or one, something happens that you don't like. And you're like, I knew I shouldn't have went to this church. I knew it. I knew it. I have this brother that I, I call I call like and talk to very often. His name is Jazz, and he uh, he used to go to to New Philadelphia. He came to actually one of the Itaewon services. He was like this big black dude standing in the back, like he looked like a bodyguard. Like if you walked in a newcomer, you maybe that's I didn't see newcomers after that week. I love Jazz. Now Jazz is like one of my best friends. Uh, he's really big though. He's really muscular, uh, but or used to be at least. Sorry, Jazz. Um, no, no, but me and Jazz, we talk often, and, like, what, what will happen is, like, I realize, like, I hit Jazz up, like, all the time with a whole bunch of, like, bad news. Like, whenever something bad happens, like, Jazz, man, pray for me, dog. Pray for me. He's like, what happened now? <laughs> man, this, this thing happened again, man. It's, it's, it happened again. And then he's like, all right, I'll pray for you. And then, like, I'll send him a message back, like, an hour later, like, yes, man, God is good. He answered my prayer. But pray for me. I got some other troubles, man. I got some other things that are happening. And we like, that's how many of us live our Christian lives, right? It's just like on bad thing to bad thing to bad thing. But I felt like the Lord is just, he keeps saying this to me that we are to be a people of good news. You are to be people who carry the good news you know go back to the verse put the verse back up yas it says how beautiful are the feet of those who carry good news you know it says how beautiful are their feet who carry good news as the people who carry good news it says they walk their, their feet are beautiful their feet are beautiful upon the mountains you notice that upon the mountains, your feet are beautiful when you carry good news. And what this word is saying is when you carry good news and you're carrying that good news to a place, you are blessed. Your feet are beautiful. You know, I'm not going to talk about feet because people are like mad. Like people can be very uncomfortable about feet. So I'm not going to talk about feet. But you know, when you like striving all the time. Oh, no, I said I wasn't going to talk about feet. But. <laughs> When you bring good news, your feet are beautiful. Your walk is, is beautiful. Your walk 
is joyous. Your walk is filled with joy. Your walk is filled with happiness. Your walk is filled with blessing. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. You know, when you carry good news, it means your walk is easy. It's not stressing you out. It's not callousing your feet. It's not causing you all these problems because you're always having to carry all this stress, all this irritation, all these things. But rather that your feet are beautiful. Your walk is beautiful. I realize that the thing that the church needs, the revelation that the church needs more than anything else is simply that God is good. And that his plans for us are to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. I was listening to a sermon by Chris Ballatin, And he was talking about the, uh, the song by... Uh, Louis, is it Louis, Louis Armstrong? Like, what a wonderful world. Yeah, yeah. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Do, do, do. Like, you know, you know that song. And he was saying that as he listens to that song over and over and over, he said there was something inside of him that could not receive it. There was something inside of him that could not receive the fact that maybe the world is beautiful. There was something inside of him that could not accept the fact that maybe, just maybe, God was working things for good. That maybe, just maybe, things are going to get better. Maybe, just maybe, we're to get stronger, not weaker. Maybe, just maybe, God's plans for us are good. You know... That God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good, right? We can repeat it and we say it so well because we know it by like repetition, right? We've said it so much. But how many of us really believe it? God is good. God is good. He is good to you. He never fails to be good to you. His plans for you are to prosper you. God's plans for you are not to harm you. You know, God is in a good mood. (laughs) You believe that? You believe God is in a good mood? You know why I'm in a good mood right now? I'm in a good mood whether anybody says anything, amens, nothing right now. Because I know that God is in a good mood. God is filled with joy right now. He says he looks over me and he rejoices over me with singing. I I feel good because God is in a good mood. You believe that? Or you believe God is angry with you? God is mad. It's that gloom and doom, right? We believe God is mad. He's angry. He's looking at you. He's like, oh, you sinned again. I saw you. I saw you. You know I see everything. You know I see everything. That God's working to, like, he's he's just looking at the world, and he's just so angry. He's just so mad. He's mad at you because he saw, he saw, he sees all your faults and so he's angry with you. And everything that happens in your life is God working for bad. We won't say it. None of us would stand up in here and say, you know what, I believe that, that God's out to get me. No, man, I'm serious, man. God's out to get me, man. Like, I'm broke. 
I, I, I don't like my family's, my family keeps like they persecuting me. Everything keeps happening now. I don't feel good. I'm sick. You know what? God's out to get me. We won't say that. We won't say that in the church service. We won't stand up. No one's going to put that on a worship slide. But then when we, but from Monday to Saturday, even from six o'clock until we go to sleep, how do we live our lives? We live it believing that there's no good news. It's just bad. God's out to get us. He's out to ruin everything we got. You know, we need to start believing and living according to good news again. Amen. You know, we, uh, I hope this preaching style is, is, is not like throwing some of you guys off because sometimes I just like to get up and talk. I can talk a lot if you let me. And sometimes I just want to get up and talk to you. You know, we're family. You know, it's not like me being up here being the preacher. You know, and then you're just like, you know, we're family. We're one, right? Aren't we in the same body? Aren't we brothers and sisters in Christ? So I just want to talk to you today. You know, I have a confession to make. Um, so we started this church. We started this church plant. In, in April and uh, in, in April we started out and we were like the church plant team we were going like on evangelism like every week like every week and we were going strong we were going strong we were just boom 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 just going to the streets hey what's up do you know Jesus you want to come to our church we're at a bar bar that's cool right don't you want to come out like you know we were like evangelizing we were out there every week and it was like such a rush and like I was out there every week until like like June or something. And then like all of a sudden it came like harder and harder for me to go out. And I was like, what's going on? Like I, I would be like, oh, it's, it's my schedule. Sorry, John Michael. I know you're hearing this stuff now. Um, but it would be like my schedule or like things aren't working out. But what it came down to was I was having trouble. I was having trouble going out and telling people the good news, because I didn't believe the good news myself. Uh, oh, oh, that hurt. That hurt for me. <laughs> you know, we, we talk to people, and we have nothing but bad news to tell them. Hey, what's going on in your life, man? You know, like they, these non-Christians, you know, talk to them. Hey, what's going on in your life? How how things going? Man, things is going bad, man. Like... Things are going bad with you. Like, you know, you're like, things are going awful. I'm struggling with this sin. I'm just getting perfected right now. Everything's just bad. Everything's just, I'm just going through a fire right now. You want to come to my church? <laughs> They're like, no. <laughs> you know, it's because like, I was having trouble believing just simply in the good news. Believing that God's plans for me were good. Believing that God wasn't out to get me. <laughs> I know that's funny. This like sounds ridiculous. But in our hearts, that's what a lot of us believe. So how do we start believing and living according to good news again? 
I'm gonna go through, I'm gonna go through a couple things real quick. Number one, we go back to the gospel. We need to get back to the gospel. The word gospel in the Greek is the word evangelion. And it actually means good news. And it, we must be a people that believe in the good news. We need to be a people that believe in the good news. No matter what you're going through, we need to be people that believe in good news. Amen? That God has plans to prosper and not harm us. Plans to give us a hope and a future. But so many of us, many of us don't believe in the gospel. Like I said, we don't really believe in the gospel in our day-to-day lives, do we? Do we preach the gospel? Do we live out the gospel day in and day out? We don't put on that mindset of good news. I want everyone right now, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 16 verses 9 to 20. How you guys feeling? You feeling all right? I know right now I'm talking about a lot of bad news, but it's going to good news. Don't worry. We're getting somewhere. I want everyone to turn to Mark chapter 16, and I'm going to read from verses 9 to 14. Or 9 to 20. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 9 to 20, sorry. Now when he rose early, this is talking about Jesus. Now when he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Snap. That's deliverance. That is straight up super deliverance. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. After these things, he appeared to he appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest, but they did not believe them. Afterwards, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table at a table. And and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Stop right there. You know, the disciples, they had walked with Jesus, right? They had walked with Jesus. They had seen Jesus do miraculous things, right? They had seen Jesus cast out demons. They had seen Jesus multiply fish and bread. They had seen Jesus raise the dead. They had seen Jesus do all of these different things. But then, Jesus is what? Captured. He's tortured, mocked, crucified, and dies. And where do we find the disciples? Where do we find the disciples after that? It says, it says in, in Luke, in the book of Luke, I believe chapter 20, it says that, that the disciples were holed up, locked up in a room, mourning and weeping. It said that they were locked up, huddled together in a room. They had seen Jesus do all these different things, but at the end of the day, they found they didn't find themselves. It wasn't like they were like, you know what? I ain't even going to worry about it. You know, Jesus, he said he's going to come back. So he's going to come back. He's going to be back the next day. I ain't got to worry about it. No, they were huddled up, crying, weeping. And I can imagine, I can imagine what, how they had felt in that time. You know, Jesus was great, man. He was doing all these crazy things, man. 
Like even when he had the five loaves and two fish and we were like, Jesus, how are you going to do this? This is impossible. You, these people are going to starve. And he did it. You know, all these miracles. Like he did all these things, but they captured him. They got him. They killed him. I guess, you know, I guess it's just same old same. Many of them just went back to what they were doing before. Uh, I guess, I guess that's just more bad news. You know, and then they had they had seen the miracles. They had had the signs and wonders, but it didn't change their perspective. It didn't change themselves believing in really believing in the good news and the power of God. And you know how we know that we know that because Mary, Mary Magdalene, she got to see Jesus, right? She was that privileged one. She got to see Jesus resurrected. Bam. Jesus just appeared to her. Hey, what's up, Mary? How's it going? I'm Jesus. And he appears to Mary. And not just that, but he appears to two more guys on the road to Emmaus, right? He takes them through the scriptures and all of a sudden they realize, man, this is Jesus. Where is Jesus? Jesus is gone. And they go and they tell, they go, they both go back and they go and tell people. You know what they went and told people? They went and told people the gospel. What Mary was first telling them was the good news. It was not just that Jesus had died. See, that was the bad news. The bad news was that their leader, the guy who was supposed to be the Christ, the anointed one, he had died. They just watched him get beat up, mocked, and just killed. And Mary comes with this good news. Yo, check it out. Jesus is alive. I just saw him. Mary, shut up. Mary, I, I do not believe you. You know, this is just same old same. You know, just some more bad news. I don't believe that. Two more guys come. Yo, check it out. I just saw Jesus. We walked with him. We ate some food with him. We even went through the word a bit. Man, you guys shut up. You're crazy. You know, I, what Thomas said, I will believe it when I see it and touch it and feel it. You know, like when I touch his wounds, then I'll know. <laughs> the disciples, they're like, you know, shut up with all that. Get out of my face with all that, all that good news. What is that? I don't believe that. See, it's funny, actually. The real, the first non-believers, the first rejectors of the gospel, they weren't Pharisees. They weren't people on the street. They were the disciples. The first people to reject the gospel were the disciples. It was the supposed followers of Jesus. The people who had walked with him and talked with him and, and ate with him and saw him do all these miracles. Yet, their minds were fixed upon bad news that they couldn't even receive the gospel. I mean, doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound like us a bit? You know, people, people meet us, you know, and they see us as, as like I said, the bad news bears, you know. I don't want to hang around them. They're judgmental, uptight, always telling me about what's wrong, always beat down, always depressed, you know. We hear so many more pr- prayer requests than we do praise reports. Sometimes it makes you feel like God's not even moving. Hmm. You know, those, those Christian guys, man, they're never happy. They're never happy. They're always battling stuff, you know, like, like man, I, I'm just struggling, man. I'm struggling. I'm having trouble coming out to church. Oh, really? What time's your church service? Four o'clock. What? 
oh man, I can't, I can't do this, man. This is too hard. I'm just struggling. I got all these different things. It's like, it's like when I talk to Jazz and I'm like, man, God is good. God is doing all these amazing things. But man, my family, dude, my family, I got all these things. Wait a second. I thought God was moving. I thought God was doing all these amazing things. What do you mean, but? What do you mean, but? If we believe so much in the good news, then the good news is what's supposed to shape our perspective, shape our lives, shape the way we view everything. You know, look at Mark 16, verse 14. Jesus appears to them. He's like, you know what? They're not believing it. So he comes. Jesus shows up. And he rebukes them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. Why did Jesus rebuke them? For their unbelief. A lot of times we act like, you know, unbelief is like, I believe in God. I don't have unbelief. I've got faith. You know, but unbelief is not like a lack of faith. It's the opposite of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It's a positive lean towards positive things, right? You know, if you're going through something, if, you're, if your finances are in the dirt, or your parents are sick, or you have a condition that hasn't changed, faith is saying, I believe that God is going to turn this around. Faith is saying, I believe that God heals. Faith is saying that I don't care what my current circumstances are, but I believe God at his word. I believe that God is going to change all things for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's faith. But unbelief, unbelief is instead towards a negative outcome. It's believing bad news. It's when we become proponents of bad news and not good news. It sets the stage for fear. It sets the stage for depression. Pastor Benjamin Robinson, in one of his messages, he was talking about fear. And he said that fear is a negative reaction to something that hasn't happened yet. And unbelief is is when we, we take hold of those things. Those negative reactions, those negative things that haven't happened yet. And we begin to live according to those things. We begin to live according to our fears and not according to faith. And ultimately what it does is it hardens your heart. And causes you to hate the things that you first loved. But see, check it out. We're not supposed to be the ones who are walking according to depression. We're not supposed to be the ones walking according to unbelief. Amen. We are not to be continually moved and swayed by our circumstances, amen? But rather by the good news, right? By the work that Christ has done in our lives, amen? You know, in, in this passage, Isaiah 52, 7, I was doing some research and this Matthew Henry um, did a commentary on it. And he was talking about the good news and he said, it is gospel indeed. Good news, glad tidings, tidings of victory over our spiritual enemies and liberty from all our spiritual bondage. The good news is that the Lord Jesus reigns and all power is given to him. That Christ himself brought these tidings first. That we have to go back to the gospel. We have to go back to the fact that Christ, he looked upon our circumstances. He looked upon each one of you. And he came down. And what did he do? He bore those things. 
He bore our iniquities. He carried our sorrows. He took upon all these things. And he not only, he not only took it upon the cross. He didn't only just die with our sins attached to him. He didn't just bear our sins, but then he conquered them. He resurrected. And that if Jesus will conquer death, he'll conquer everything else that we're going through. If Jesus conquers death, the good news is that he's conquered all your problems. If Jesus has conquered death, then he's conquered all your fears and anxieties. If Jesus has conquered death, then he's conquered all the lies that people have spoken to you about being nothing, about being worthless, about never being able to do anything. He's conquered all the lies about being poor and about being impoverished. He's conquered all these lies and these attacks. He's conquered them all. They're under his feet. And that's the good news that we have to live by. That's the joy set before us. Our lives filled with joy. If you're happy in the house of God today, say amen. Amen. Like this should be something that has you running laps, church. Like just, you know what I mean? Like you ever seen like those like, like those videos of like the Pentecostal churches, like when somebody gets healed and they just like running, you know what I mean? Like they're just running laps because the news that they just got, the healing they just got was so good. The news that they just received counteracted all the bad news that they've had in their lives. So many of us have heard the gospel so many times that we've tuned it out. Have you tuned out the gospel? So that you're ashamed of it when you're on the streets? The word says that we are not, we are to be unashamed of the gospel. Unashamed of the good news because it is the power. It is power. It is power towards those who believe. When you believe in the gospel, it is power in every area of your life. When you believe that Jesus has conquered death, it is the power to overcome every circumstance in your life. When you believe that no weapon forged against you shall prosper. Why? Because God has already conquered them all. He's taken every single weapon down. He has disarmed the enemy. When you believe that, there's your power. There's your strength. There's your joy. We got to tune out. These, these lies. We got to tune out all the bad news that comes at us from the world. And begin to focus on the good news. Begin to focus on the gospel. Be, begin to focus on what Jesus has done. And God's love that has been shown for us in that. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That God loves us. That he saved us. He's redeemed us. At the same time as God's been speaking to me about good news, it's been really weird. Like, and I guess it's not weird. I'm realizing it's not weird. But at the same time, God's been speaking to me about good news. He's been speaking to me about suffering. 
and I've been really, like, really confused. I've been like praying. I'm like, Lord, like, I don't see how these two things work. Like suffering, I think that's bad. And it is bad, like suffering, no. And then like, and like he's been speaking to me about like being obedient, like surrender. Not necessarily suffering. I, it's been more surrendering and I've been seeing it as suffering. <laughs> I'm being real with you. We're talking right now, all right? And I've been trying to, to bring these two things together. Like, what does, what does the good news have to do with being obedient? What does it have to do with total surrender? What does it have to do with living a life sacrificially? You know, once again, uh, my notes aren't, aren't helping me. You know, so many of us, we live our lives not according to faith, but because of fear. And it is fear that runs our lives and not faith. We're afraid of being left alone. We're afraid of not having more, having food. We're afraid of not having clothes on our back. We're afraid that when we go out on the streets, that people will reject us. We're afraid that we'll be crushed and downtrodden. We're afraid that the people that we love the most will reject us. We're afraid. We're afraid that the world is going downhill so fast that we have no power to change it. We're afraid that we are just living in a place and we're powerless, that our prayers aren't being answered. We're afraid that we're by ourselves and separated and left alone. That's my fears. But Jesus told us, he told us to take heart because he's overcame the world. He's overcame all of these things. Last week at Sunday Swim, we were, we were, uh, was leading prayer and I believe it was last week. And God just keeps putting on my heart the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. And every and like I played it in Sunday Swim, and half the people in the room were like, looking at me like, <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Mark, but Mark went to the bathroom and Mark came back in and he was like, what? He's, he's kind of weird. He's like, this is not Hillsong United. <laughs> no, but when I've listened to that song, it's confronted something in me. It's confronted unbelief in my heart. Don't worry, be happy. You know, it's confronted unbelief in my heart. Because at my heart, at the deepest level, I worry. I worry. Don't you worry? Aren't you anxious about things? Anxious that your family situation isn't going to get any better. Anxious that these things that are around you aren't going to change. But what the Lord's been speaking to me about is that He He really does not want us to worry. He wants us to be people of joy. People that carry the good news. That our feet are not weighed down with all this burden, all this all this stress and all this anxiety. 
what he's been saying to me is, you know, like he says in, in Matthew 6, right? When he tells, he tells him, he says, you know, don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about the clothes on your back. Don't worry about the things of this life. He says, look at the lilies of the field. Even Solomon in all his splendor was not clothed as these. Look at the ravens. They ain't got to work for anything. I feed them. They don't have to toil. They don't have to work. He says, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about the desires that you have because your heavenly father knows that you need them all. He says that the Gentiles, they run after these things. And see, what what happens is we get so much bad news and we get so much fear and so many things that are weighing us down that we believe that there is no more good news. That there is no real good news in our lives. There isn't anything really to be living for and dying for. And therefore, what happens is then we try to create good news for ourselves. We try to work for good news. We try to toil for good news. But Jesus says, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Seek first the kingdom. Seek me first. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Because if you pray and you believe that you've already received it, you will receive it. With thanksgiving, submit your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It will guard your heart and your mind. Because that's where the bad news attacks. That's where fear and anxiety attacks, right? It attacks your heart and your mind. And he wants you to be, begin focusing on the good things and on the good news. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And the God of peace will be with you. When we set our minds on things above and not on the things of this world, when we set our minds upon the gospel, when we set our minds upon the good news, we set our minds upon the peace of God, when we set our minds upon the fact that our God reigns, the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And you know, when you stand in the peace of God, you can do anything. When you stand in the peace of God and you surrender to Him all your anxieties, all your fears, all your cares, you can do anything. There's nothing holding you back anymore. Yeah. What holds us back from reaching out to Itaewon and what holds us back from seeing transformation in the lives of those around us and to see these breakthroughs what holds us back it's not other people it's ourselves it's our our ability to believe that God is good and that he is so good that he would send his only son to conquer all these fears, all these anxieties, to conquer all these things that lead to death. And to bring all things to completion. 
What I want us to do right now is I want us to go into a time of prayer. Man, these notes are just worthless. I just don't even need to write notes. Man. I want us to go into a time of prayer right now. You know, I've noticed uh, something that's been kind of happening here at our church. And it's been happening, in, and I think the reason I've noticed it is because it's been happening in me first. Not probably at the same time I noticed it in myself first, but it's been happening in me, and that's, I think that's the reason why I've noticed it. But I've noticed that, that many of us have started to get to feel downtrodden, to feel like we're pressed down and crushed, to feel like we're just striving and just pushing through. And we've started to feel like, man, you know what? I just need to take a break. I just need to check out from this thing. I don't know about this transforming Itaewon thing. This seems like a whole lot of work. But I think what God wants us to do is not to turn away, not to run but to but to turn to him but to turn to him and cast all our anxieties upon him because he cares for us you know we uh a couple of days like last week as we were going to the ignite conference and going to see the 1040 movie me and lisa and diane and sonia were talking about i know this is going to totally mess up the vibe with, with, with this but we were totally we were talking about about running and we're talking about uh hope no one's offended uh we're talking about how like like if you're like in a crowded area at least i I figured i found this out growing up like like a whole bunch of black people in one area like when i was growing up what we used to do is we used to run we one of us all of a sudden would just start running and we wouldn't tell anybody why we were running just two of us we just like start running and before we knew it, everyone around us is running. And we don't even know why we're running. We're just running. And then before we know it, we get to a place and we just stop running. And, and before we know it, like there's 50 people behind us. And they're like, what are we running about? And we're like, I don't know. And that's how fear is. That's how unbelief is. Before you know it, you're running and you're running and you're running and you're running and everyone around you is running. And by the time you stop running and you realize, what am I running about? What am I running from? I'm not running from anything. It's worthless. It's, it's small. So many of us have just been running and running and we don't even know what we're running from. We've been trying to make these things happen in our lives and strive for these things when God just wants you to stop running stop striving and just give it to him and just believe that God is good you know the reason that people do that (laughs) just start running is not because they think that they're running to something good it's because they think they're running away from something bad Fear grips them. 
And I think many of us in this house today have been running and striving and pressing. And it's not been out of a belief in the good news. It's actually been more out of a belief in bad news. It's actually been more because we we believe that we believe that God is 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 a hard man. He's a hard judge. But God, he loves each and every one of you in this place today. And he wants you to just cast down your anxieties and just bring a surrender before him. Even the things that are good in your life. He just wants you to surrender it. Just surrender. Believe in his goodness. He can do immeasurably more than what we ask or imagine. Hmm. I want us right now to just begin to pray. All across this room, I want us to begin to pray right now. And I want us to begin to come before God in His goodness, in His love. And I want us to present our unbelief before Him. And the things that we have been fearing. And I want us to just present it before Him. If you've been really afraid that God's going to just reject you, and, and just bring it before Him. Cast your anxieties before Him. Let's pray. I believe that that uh, that God's wanting to to call 
many of you in this house right now to to start making commitments before the Lord to to begin to reach out to recommit yourselves to a belief in the good news so much that you would become a person that proclaims the good news you know when you are you get a taste of God's love and you taste and see how good God is you are the natural reaction in a person when you 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 taste and see that and you begin to to surrender those things to him because now you can trust him as God begins to say okay well now I can trust you you know if you notice it wasn't until after Jesus had appeared to them in their unbelief in their belief in bad news until Jesus had appeared in front of the disciples and gave them that clear representation of the good news of the gospel in its flesh right before them It wasn't until then that then Jesus gave them the Great Commission. Because Jesus had saw that there was unbelief, that there was things that they were harnessing in their hearts. That they believed bad news more than good. But once they saw Jesus and once they tasted his love and began to surrender, they began to see that this this good news is real. That this good news is real. Jesus said, okay. Now go. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and proclaim what you have seen to those around you. I believe that that God's wanting to call many of you in this house today to evangelism. And I think that there's a couple there's people in this house today that God has even put that that call, that office upon. Of an evangelist. But aside from that, I just think that there's people in, in here right now that maybe even God's been speaking to you about going out and about preaching the good news and about proclaiming his love and his majesty to those who do not know it. Those whose lives have been surrounded with bad news, no hope. And I believe that even right now that God is stirring it in your hearts. It's from that place, once you surrender it all, then, then the Lord, He just sends you. He, he sends you after that. And if, if you feel that that's upon you right now, if you feel like the Lord has, has been stirring in your heart to go out and to proclaim the good news to those who are lost, to, to speak the good news, I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet right now, wherever you're at. I want you to stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. To those that are standing right now, I just believe it. I just feel it right now strongly in me. I just feel like the Lord is saying that He is those fears that have held you back. 
Those fears that have held you back, He is removing right now. Those mindsets that have been upon you, that have been holding you back, where you felt that desire in you and you have not been going out, those barriers that were there, the Lord is removing right now. I just pray it out right now. Every barrier, every wall of fear and anxiety, I just pray right now, Father, that, Lord, those walls will come crashing down right now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father God, I just pray right now, Lord God, just that calling, Lord. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes. Being released, Lord. Of evangelists. Evang- a call to evangelism, Lord. Hmm. Yes. If I can have a couple of the leaders, I want you to just come up. I want you to begin praying for the people who are standing. Everyone else, if if you don't feel led to stand, that's okay. But what I want you to do is I want you to begin to pray right now. I want you to begin to come before the Lord. And I want us just all across this room to just begin committing ourselves to proclaiming the good news in the areas that the Lord has placed us in. Because whether or not you feel like the Lord is calling you specifically to evangelism or not, each one of us has a mission. It is the great co-mission. Each one of us are to, to have a part in proclaiming that good news. And so all across this room, I just want us right now to begin to begin have that time with the Lord and begin committing yourself. Lord, you know, Lord, I... I haven't, maybe I haven't been speaking out, Lord God. Maybe I've been timid in the past. Maybe I've been fearful, Lord. But Lord, I believe, God, that you have, Father God, placed me, Lord, in a position, Lord, to proclaim who you are and proclaim good news, Lord, to those who have lived by bad news. All across this room right now, I just want you to begin to come before the Lord and begin just surrendering yourself before the Lord because he wants to use each one of you. Itaewon being transformed is not going to be done by a group of 12. It's going to be done by an entire church body. It's not going to be done just by one man. Unless that man's name is Jesus. <laughs> that man. Us being in that body. Walking as one man. Contending as one man. All together. Each and every one of you in this room has a call to that. So right now, at church plan team and leaders, if you can just begin praying for these people. I believe the Lord has specific words for each one of them. So go ahead and just begin praying for them. Yes, let's pray.